This podcast is part of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed may not reflect those of other podcasts or affiliates of this show or Gunna Geek. Check out other geeky podcasts at GunnaGeek.com. And get ready because geekiness commences in three, two, one. This is going to be a short podcast. Is it? I've got about three hours of stuff to talk about. You may do that alone. <laughs> we can make it a short podcast. I'm going to die. Yeah? One of those days, huh? Yeah, that happens when you're irresponsible. Tell me about your irresponsibility again. It's a good no. story that we should all partake in your irresponsibility. No, it's a stupid, terrible story. And you're a terrible person for bringing it up. Mm, you brought it up to me. and said No, I don't remember awesome it the same way. You said how awesome it was to be irresponsible. Is that what I said? Were those the words that I used? Yes, it was. Pinteresting. You are so full of energy tonight. This is crazy. I've never seen you so energetic. Very Pinteresting. ready to do this podcast like the thing that will make you ready to do this podcast will be literally starting the podcast and by the podcast i mean episode 86 of unqualified gamers where two guys in no business talking about video games need more sleep you fall into that category i'm actually okay by the way hello hopelessly attractive viewer listener Mm, we're on live now. You're on live now. I wouldn't put your face on the I'm camera either. I'm so glad that our podcast is so uh, high energy tonight, especially for me. Why is my voice? Why is my voice like gone-ish? I mean, I wasn't like yelling. I didn't go to a concert because I'm really a ghost, a StarCraft ghost. That game got canceled. And guess what else got canceled this weekend? Tell me what week. it was that got canceled. Did you see that seamless transition? Did the you segue, see it? as it were. Did you uh, see the seamless segue, listener? Did you see it physically as you listen to this episode of Unqualified Gamers? A video game podcast where two men with no business... Stop talking. Just stop. Stop talking. Titan got canceled. Titanfall? This is a big deal. Like, legitimately, you know, uh, listener, if you know, I'm a huge Blizzard fanboy. Um, I've pretty much played all of their games. And Titan was the secret, massively multiplayer project that they announced back in 2006 or seven, And they actually never formally announced it. It got leaked on some documents that people found with Blizzard's tentative release schedule, okay? And uh, it was a game that just existed in... in smoke and mirrors like it it, there were rumors of its existence but nobody had ever seen anything well it officially got canceled about two years ago they said that they completely they they um cut they cut like everybody off the team and then they said they were going to rebuild it from the ground up because it they didn't like where it was going probably because the massively multiplayer online role-playing game landscape had changed so much over the over the course of those years um, and then just this week they canceled it. So um, I actually am very impressed by that. There is a concept in economics called sunk costs. And it's a very difficult thing for some people to give up sunk costs once they have been 
Um, just the idea of a sunk cost is something that once you've invested a lot of time and money in, it's hard to walk away from that, right? Because you think to yourself, I've invested all this time and money in something. Well, they as a company said, we, you know, we have invested all this time and money in this thing. And we're not afraid to say, it's just not doing the thing that we want it to do. We're just going to ditch it. And that's exactly what they did. And I find that very impressive. So anyway, that got taken off of the, like off of their agenda completely. Um, and I think currently they're like main projects that they're focusing on are, are they're going to continue Hearthstone and make, uh, generate more expansions for that, as well as their new, uh, MOBA Heroes of the Storm, which will be coming out at some point. Still in alpha. I have no opinion on any of this because I don't care. That's fine. Speaking of MOBAs, I want to touch on something really briefly. Um, my like MOBA Christmas has started. The League of Legends World Championship has started. Which is yeah, where didn't that just end like a literally a month ago? No, that was the summer that was just the North American summer playoff stuff. Uh, so that was like to determine what North American teams were going to the world championship. There are multiple leagues across the world that get played at the same time, and then the winners of all of those leagues go to the world championship and compete against each other. So the world championship has started. It's in it's in group stages, and uh, the groups play over the course of a weekend. And there are four four teams in each group, and there are four groups, right? Uh, five teams in each group, four teams in each group, and there are four groups. Two advance out of each group, um, and these are the top sixteen teams in the world at the, at the time. Okay, um, I just got done watching a bunch of the summer stuff, and I realized just how much much like a real sport this actually is when I was reflecting on this. So. Um, in some ways, and in some ways it's definitely not. So, in a way that it is unlike other sports, when I watch a game of basketball on TV, I say to myself, okay, they make this look very easy, but I know that I am not six foot six. I know that I do not have a three foot vertical jump. I know that I cannot dunk a basketball. I will never be able to dunk a basketball. I will never be taller than five foot ten. Like, that is as tall as I am, right? So, like, I am f- physically incapable of doing the things that professional basketball players do. And I will always be physically incapable of that. But when you watch a person play League of Legends as a competitive esport, um, they sit down with the same tool set you have. Uh, or so that's the perception anyway, right? Like, their heroes at the start of the game start off with the same items that your heroes would start off with if you were playing the game, right? Okay. So, um, like, at the baseline, if you were playing against a pro player, you would not be at a disadvantage from second zero if you were playing against them. Because you're starting off on an even playing field, right? So that is unlike other sports. However, I've been watching the summer split with the North American teams all summer. And uh, this is just giving an example of how much like regular sports this is. Um... I was watching, uh, there's a role, there's a role in League of Legends called the, the ADC. That's the, um, that's the guy at, in the bottom lane of the map that focuses on auto attack damage, right? Oh yeah. The guy in the bottom lane. Yeah. Yeah. One of the two guys in the bottom lane that focuses on auto attack damage. Um, there is a guy on one of the North American teams that is currently in the world, world championship who's considered like 
the second best-ish ADC in the United States, like in, in North America. And so I was watching him, and I was always very impressed by his play uh, in when doing the summer split and watching him play, right? So fast forward to the Worlds now, and his team is in a group with two teams that have who, people who are considered, one is out of China and one is out of Korea. And they have the two people that are considered the best ADCs in the world, right? And each of these teams play each other twice over the course of the of the split, or of the of the group stage. And I watched the guy the guy that is considered like the second best ADC in North America play one of the guys that is considered the best. And the difference in ability between these two players is vast it's enormous it's it was insane it was insane to see how much better this best player is than like the person that i had been following right so that was really cool because that is a lot like sports like there there are superstars that are heads and feet above other players like tiger woods when he was in his prime think lebron james in basketball I don't, like, I don't think about basketball. And you watch them do things, and they do things that are they are in, like impossible for other people in the sport to do. So, and it was also kind of refreshing to see uh, because in most professional sports, North America is kind of you know where the premier players are in terms of team sports. So you look at something like hockey, most. Mostly the North American teams are the ones that are winning the Stanley Cup. You look at uh, basketball, you know, it, it is the NBA. It's the, Our league is the premier league for basketball. Um, we're the only country with football. Soccer is really the only, like, big team sport that is not owned by North America in general. Or by, by the United States in general. But this is completely not owned by us. Like, it is very apparent that the Koreans and the Chinese players are ahead above the United States players. So, like, we're underdogs, and that's kind of fun to, like, walk into this and see us as the underdogs. It makes me feel even better for, like, cheering for our guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's nice when you're not just... It's, you know, no one wants to cheer for John Cena. Like, right. Like, the... I don't know what that means. The The basketball World Cup just happened, and the United States won the final game. The United States basketball team won the final game in the, you know, the World Cup. Uh, won it 126-87. to 87. Like, that was the final game. That was supposed to be, like, the best game. I mean, that nobody wants to see that. So it's nice to cheer for your team when they may not be, like, the best. Trust me, it's also nice to cheer for your team occasionally when they are the best, but... I don't know. I'm having a lot of fun. I've always had a lot of fun watching it. I'm still having a lot of fun watching it. So that's pretty cool. The World Championship is going on right now. Check it out if you like League of Legends at all. That was my PSA. Cool. Sounds good. Anything else happening in the... I feel like it's been a big week for video games. Anything else happening in the gaming world? Mm. I mean, not that I can think of off the top of my head. But yeah, there's literally nothing I can think of of any I import that is worth talking about. So let's Talk I didn't about our really show. come prepared with news. Yeah, I didn't really come prepared with news. Well, you did. You brought it up. You opened the can. I did. Once you the, pop the, the fun, don't stop. That's Pringles. The Titan. The Titan cancellation is a big deal. 
I am surprised they canceled Titan AE because that that movie came out like 15 years ago. So mm-hmm. how did they even yes. cancel it? It was actually it was a good animated movie. Was it? Yeah, it was. I heard it ripped off an an anime. Mm-hmm. It did. Titan cool. AE. Wow, this yeah. is literally the worst. Hey, hey what did you <laughs> what did you play? Nothing. Yeah, I've literally no. not played a video game so you, at all. So you have literally brought nothing to this podcast so far. No, I have yeah, nothing. Nor will you. Nor will I have you. nothing. Okay. For, I bought a humble indie bundle, so I now have more games I won't play. Mm-hmm. No, that's good. That's good. You should keep that up. You okay. know, I have Hyrule Warriors showing up at my job tomorrow from Amazon. Okay. I'm going to play Hyrule Warriors this weekend. I imagine that's probably true. I mean, that's just what's going to happen in the end. Yeah, no, I, that's probably true. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. And... Uh, depending on where you pre-ordered the game, you could get one of three exclusive costumes, whether you got it from GameStop, Amazon, or I don't even remember the third one, probably Best Buy. And you could either get uh, the Link costume from from Oak Arena of Time, mm-hmm. which is not how you pronounce it, or the costume from Twilight Princess, or the costume from Skyward Sword, slightly different, lit differently. Now, this works to my advantage uh, because here's the thing. Because you ordered it three times to get all three costumes. It's true. So I, I have, I have, I have pre-ordered from GameStop before, and then not received the game until the day after it was released. This is not acceptable. I am not okay with this. I, it is the worst thing that can happen to a gamer in the world. So, I no longer pre-order from GameStop. I can reserve it, but here's the thing. You are not allowed to reserve games at GameStop over the phone, which is stupid. For me to go to GameStop is about 40 minutes out of my way to get home. So it adds almost an hour to my commute home because I have to get off at the Diversity Brown Line, walk all the way to GameStop, reserve it, give them $5 to reserve it, walk all the way back to the train, and then wait for the next train to go back north. So GameStop is kind of dead to me. Legit because of logistics. Sorry about you, GameStop. So I'm a pre- I prefer Amazon because Amazon, you get it. It comes out Friday, you get it Friday. It comes out Thursday, you get it Thursday. Thank you, Amazon. And I lucked out because Amazon's pre-order is the one that featured the costume from Twilight Princess, which is my favorite Zelda game. Oh, thank God. Thank God what? That you got the Twilight Princess costume. Yeah, I'm excited I, about I it. I know, I was worried. I'm very excited about it. So, uh, so that's my Hyrule Warriors story. I'm I'm very excited for this. I really wish GameStop would let you just give them your credit card over the phone or reserve online. Like I don't know, the rest of 2014 lets you do, but they don't. And until I can reserve a game online to pick up in store, like, and of course we're all qualified gamers here, so chances are you can do it. And I just don't know yeah, how. Yeah, you probably can do that. So please leave a comment in our YouTube video or on our podcast at unqualifiedgamers.com. Don't you, we don't really want to shop at GameStop. I have nothing against GameStop. It's whatever. I don't go into, I don't quote unquote go into quote unquote stores anymore, you know? Like, that's so 1990s and early 2000s. I have Amazon Prime, yo. I'm good. Yo. So you you don't play anything new either, though. Oh, no, I did, though. Oh, my God. Why? Why did I play something new? Yeah. Because, like, that's what we do. We play video games. That's what you do. I just. I don't know. I do weird stuff. I hang out with 20-year-olds and go to colleges. It's just so creepy. No, so I played... 
and I've talked about games in this series before. There's another little indie title. I guess little. Yeah, it's little. It's it's definitely little. Um, I played on the Rain Slick Precipice of Darkness four. Four. Yeah, which is the fourth in the um, Penny Arcade role playing games that were made. Oh, by... Oh, all right. You don't even know what that is. I don't like Penny Arcade. Okay, that's fine. If you don't like Penny Arcade. I'm not particularly a fan of Penny Arcade either. I'm pretty ambivalent towards them. But these are classic role-playing games. Penny Arcade... On the Rain Slick Slick Precipice of Darkness 3 and 4 are classic role-playing games made as an homage to to basically Final Fantasy VI. So they're made by a company called Z-Boyd Games. I want to say it's like two guys. It's either one or two guys. Um, and they legitimately are. Art style is... Um, they feature characters from Penny Arcade and Penny Arcade Comics. But... And, and a, a humor that I find actually very funny when it's written in the games. I think the games are written very well. Um, but an art style that is very much like Final Fantasy VI with Penny Arcade characters. Okay? All right, I can get behind that, I guess. That's fine. Yeah. So, um, Z-Boyd Games had made some other games, too. I've actually talked about them. Breath of Death was one of them. And um, Cthulhu Saves the World was another. I've talked about both of those games. I don't remember what episode. It wasn't too long ago. And I really like them. Um, I actually did talk about On the Rain Slick Precipice of Darkness 3 before as well. Uh, but I never completed that game. I never talked about completing that game. Um, and so I started 4. Now, 3... Uh, the, the third game in the series is a kind of traditional style role-playing game. Again, very much like Final Fantasy VI, where it's a linear story. You have a party of four characters... Um, and that's kind of it, right? You go through the game with those four characters. Okay. The fourth game in the series that I just started is almost like... It, it tries to be like Pokemon a little bit. So you're, the the plot of the story is the world has been destroyed after the third game. And you find yourself in hell. And the monsters of hell can't be like hurt with normal means. So you have to fight them with other monsters that you collect as you go. Um... Now, the way the battle system works is there's basically an active time bar at the top that freezes at a command point on the bar. So, say you've got this long bar. About three-quarters of the way down the bar, there's a spot for commands. And when your character reaches that, you can give your character command. It then has to travel the rest of that 25% of the bar before the command is actually activated. Right? And depending on your monster's speed and the enemy's speed, they move at different speeds along that bar so your monster may hit the command spot on the bar before one of the monsters you're fighting but if their speed is higher they can actually enter a command and have their command execute before your monster does so there's a great little bit of tactical element there in the in the fighting right it's it's kind of like a modified atb yeah sounds it's like an atb that freezes when you input commands Okay. Is kind of what it's like. Um, it's actually very well, super well done. I actually love the combat system. Um, and then you're, you know, you gain new abilities by leveling up. So you have all of these monsters that level up as you fight. And you have your trainers, those are the humans in your party, that you assign to these monsters 
that are given abilities based on the trainers that they are assigned to. So, so like Pokemon. Exactly. So it gives them... And that was kind of, I think, what this game was supposed to be an homage to. So it gives them um, basically two sets of abilities for every single monster you have, right? So I've been playing the game, and I'm about, I'd say, maybe eight-ish hours in, maybe eh, maybe like six hours in. And one of the things that I'm noticing is that the fourth game of the series, because it basically splits you into two different parties, you've got two different humans, each with a set of four different monsters... But each group of these two humans has, like, a pool of eight monsters from which to choose, right? So it's starting to feel unfocused because there are so many different monsters in it. And Their I th- party? The game. Okay. In general. And I think that the problem is um, it's, like, the amount of... To make it, to make it as tight... As, as his past games have been, he has been. I think he's been able to do that by one keeping the length of the game short. So most of these games, most of these role playing games, um, you can complete in like four to six hours. Um, this one is feeling a little bit longer than that, and that's fine. But it's a very small team that works on it, and the amount of polish that's necessary to, I think, to make these games feel as tight as they have before, like. Um, I, I think it just, it, with this many monsters, with this many characters you have to juggle, it kind of gets away, I think it kind of got away from him a little bit, the developer. Um, it just, again, it's starting to feel unfocused because there's, there's almost too many options and they don't differentiate themselves enough in the game to make them interesting. Hmm. Does that make sense? Interesting. Kind of, yeah. Um... Final Fantasy VI, which you said uh, this perhaps is partially an homage to, right, had the largest cast of any Final Fantasy game, and in my mind, the most memorable full cast of any Final Fantasy game. Uh, so why does this game fail to... That is a, And that's a perfect, I think, representation of my point, right? So Final Fantasy VI had this huge team of people working on it. Oh, you mean on the developer side. Right. That were able to spend the time to differentiate these characters enough, right? Whereas this guy, and I, I really think it's like it's one or two guys. Again, it's, it's Z-Boyd Games. Um, I just don't think they... Like, I think, it, I think it, it went beyond the scope of maybe what they originally intended maybe what they originally desired to do. It just, it it moved, it became a larger thing than I think they were ready to tackle with the resources that they had. I'm just, when... inf- I'm inferring that based on the quality of the previous games. Because I would say on the Rainslick Precipice of Darkness 3, the one that is most like Final Fantasy VI, was one of like the tightest role-playing game experiences that I've had in a really long time. It was super well done. Super good. Including Nino Kuni and Bravely Default? I mean, they occupy very different spaces. So, like, it, I would I would say I had a better time with it than Bravely Default. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's impressive. Really, I really did. Um, Nino Kuni was a different type of... I mean, that's a different project, right? That's like a... That's, 
that's a less kind of classical homage to role playing games. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. I've yeah. I've yet to play Nino Kuni. I acquired it for three dollars on a Sony yeah. PlayStation sale, but yeah. You're missing out, you really should play that sometime. I'll get to it. Winter is coming. Yeah, that's true. Jon Snow. You know nothing. So anyway, I'm having a good time with it, but again, it's not of the games that he has made, it is definitely my least favorite. So I'm okay. still enjoying it, but it's my least favorite of the games that, that he's played. But the the writing really is excellent. It's it's funny. Like I I haven't ever really found Penny Arcade all that funny. Maybe some of their comics, but like this is genuinely there's some funny writing. How many chapters are there, or will there be? I feel like I feel like each chapter is like five minutes long on purpose. So like I'm at chapter thirty seven. I don't know it. Oh, you mean of the games of the? Yeah, I meant volumes. This one's this one's the last one that Z Boyd is doing. So they may have more games, but they would be done by different developers in a different style. Huh? Why do that? Why not wrap it up and then have another developer use the license for another game? You know? Maybe they and maybe they will. I don't know. But Z Boyd is moving on to do a, a new project um, that they actually just tweeted about today. They did a Kickstarter for it, and it's going to be like a thirty-two bit style role-playing game and they're looking to this one specifically they they actually said they're looking to make like a triple a style game oh interesting okay. in a 32-bit yeah like rep- like representation of a, of a role-playing game but they're trying okay. to make it up to the quality of what a triple a game would be is what they they want well that sounds good uh i will the company I will... is i mean honestly the company is super cool the guy is ultra passionate about role-playing games like they are obviously, you know, what he lives and breeds. I mean, that's where he make that's where he makes his money now is making making RPGs now. Um, well, good. I'm glad that he has not been scared away from the video game realm by by gamers yet. Yeah, no, it's it's really cool. It's really cool, and I really like his games. I just think this one has gotten a little unfocused. Okay, all right, that's fair. Well, awesome. Well, check it out if you're an RPG fan. I guess I will not. Yeah, they're okay. really cheap. I mean, you can get them. You can get them on sale on Steam for like four bucks. Accurate. I've seen. But this. the the four the four games and so the first two games that he made. Um, the first one was called, and again, I reviewed these on a previous episode of the podcast. The first one was called Breath of Death Seven, and the second one was called Cthulhu Saves the World. They're both really quirky in their senses of humor, um, and those are both homages to Dragon Quest. And then his second two games were the the licensed Penny Arcade games on the Rain Slick Precipice of Darkness 3 and 4. 3 is an homage to Final Fantasy 6, and then 4 is an homage to both Final Fantasy 6 and Pokemon. Yeah, I um, I think I've played Breath of Death 7 or whatever. I played the demo. It's not like a dollar on Xbox Live Arcade. It's really yeah. cheap, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, and there's some great, like I said, there's some great humor, and it's not all Penny Arcade humor. I mean, there's just some great humor that he's thrown in there. Like, um, you fight, like at one point you fight a, a drunkard, and when you when you kill the drunkard, he drops one dollar. That's good because that's all he has on him. And there's just little subtle stuff like that. That's like really, it's good. There's a lot of great little touches in there. That's good. I like that stuff. Well, good. Yeah. It sounds like fun. I I really. I'm not fond of the Penny Arcade license. I realize it's not all the humor. It's I just don't I don't like their brand. I don't like I don't like their I'm not a big Penny Arcade fan. 
That's fair. And that, that kind of sucks, because it sounds like a game that I would want to play, but because of the license applied to it, yeah, I'm no, less likely to play it. That's totally fair. I mean, I I don't blame you for that. Um, I, there's been some shitty stuff that's gone into their history before, so... Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, that's frustrating, though, because I remember uh, Transformers Rise of the Dark Moon or whatever uh, supposedly was an awesome game. I, like, actually, I actually bought that game on sale. I haven't played it yet. Rise of Cybertron. Yeah, I think that's the one, but I, I heard yeah. one of the Transformers games was a phenomenal game, and also X-Men Origins Wolverine apparently was an awesome game. Um, that a couple of my friends would not stop raving about. Uh, but yeah. but a lot of people, you know, X-Men Origins Wolverine was not the best X-Men movie ever made. Whatever it was called. The first one with Deadpool or whatever. It was horrible. Yeah. That movie, I, I never that, saw it. That movie was so bad. It was so bad. I never it's, saw it, but yeah, I heard it was pretty movie. horrible. So, yeah, that sucks. It's too bad when a license drags it down and not the gameplay. Yeah. But I guess the same thing happens on the flip side all the time. A lot of times the license is really good and, you know, maybe... I would maybe... say the majority of time that is what happens, where the license draws people and then the quality of it is not as much. For instance, well, that, the, tra- uh... the Transformers movies, right? What? No, I'm talking about, I'm talking about when a franchise, like, you've got a name... And like the ET game, you'll play yeah. a crappy game because it's right. a good license. Versus exactly. the Transformers game, which is a good game that you may not play because you don't like. Like I don't care for Michael Bay's Transformers oh, but, rendition. But you are a minority because those movies make a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah, and I'm not. I'm not saying that it's going to kill the sales. It probably boosts them in general. But there yeah. are some people who won't experience the game because of that right. most gamers i mean penny arcade represents a lot of gamers they're very embedded in, in, in yeah i mean they hold packs that's like the biggest pro that's like the biggest gamer centric festival of video games that there is yeah exactly so they're they're in, embedded in the culture clearly it's gonna sell a lot of games just because of their name which is fine but it, it is a shame that i they just I'm not really turned on to them, so you know, sure. I'm not going to check it out. So it's whatever. But you know, if I'm sure a lot of our listeners are Penny Arcade fans, it's fine. I'm not judging. It's whatever. It's just, yeah, they just got some weird stuff in their history, and I, I don't like their their tone. Kind of, just, their humor's just a little too dark for me a lot of the time. So yeah. I'm not really into it. But then again, you know, I used to love Control Alt Delete. I loved that webcomic until I read all this stuff into like how the creator just like. Uh, apparently was involved in some shady stuff and was plagiarizing and some other things, and that turned me off to it. So, like, sometimes... I don't know. Sometimes, uh... You gotta stand for something in this world. You. Yes, you. You stand up. You let your voice be heard. This kind of ruins it. There are certain things that are deal-breaking. There are certain things that aren't, you know? I mean, no one's perfect. And people listen to this podcast, but they hate me. That's not funny. We should not joke about those things. Or anything. We shouldn't joke about things. So... You didn't play anything. No, I really did. I figured this would be a short podcast so I can actually fucking sleep tonight. Is that okay with you? Yeah, I guess so. You know? I mean, it's whatever. It's not like I do all literally all of the editing and work or anything like that. Are you going to edit this tonight? I'm going to go to bed after this. No! Oh my god, no. Dude, we got to get the podcast up. This is important. Oh, shut up. People are are waiting. Um, No, you know, I've been playing a little bit more of the Smash Brothers demo. I love that menu music. Man, for a for a demo with like virtually no, well, basically no options except like five mm-hmm. characters. Like, I will sit on the. That's train. a pretty specific thing to like. 
Dude, I will sit on the train and just list, like listen to the menu music uh, with my headphones plugged into my 3DS. And I'll be on my phone doing stuff, and I'll just let it play. Mm-hmm. That's how much I like the menu music. I listened. I found a, a loop of the menu music on YouTube, I think, or Groove Shark maybe. A 15-minute loop, and I listened to the entire thing at work. Cool. I really like that menu music. So if nothing else, listener, if your takeaway from this podcast has to be one thing, it's... Go listen to the Smash Brothers 3DS menu music because that happened. Now, I saw on Amazon when I went to uh, – so I went to buy an Amiibo on uh, Amazon today. Mm-hmm. Did you, get, did you go did, by Mario? Why would you get a Mario Amiibo? Because he's, he's freaking Mario. Why would Who you plays get... as Mario in Smash Brothers? Well, nobody plays as Mario, but, like, he is the, the – he's the guy. So why would I have a $7 Mario plastic thing Because no you're going to buy all of them eventually. No, that's dumb. I'm not. It's the Mar- it's the Mario one. No, Marth is already sold out apparently because he's Marth, mm. which is annoying to me. I think I'm gonna get Pikachu. Pikachu oh, did you get Yoshi? D- <laughs> Yoshi is extraordinarily good if you know how to play him. <laughs> he's extraordinarily good. <laughs> I'm, pro- I'm gonna get Pikachu. I think I'm gonna get Pikachu. I'm still on the fence about whether I want to like really just like all right, let's just do it and buy Pikachu. You're gonna get them all. I think I'm gonna get Pikachu. I'm not gonna get them all. I'm not. I'm all right. I'm gonna buy Link just because. You're gonna buy them all. I'm gonna buy Link just because our friend Blake is only going to ever play as Link, so I have to have Link. I'm gonna buy Link. I'm gonna buy Pikachu, and that's all I have plans for right now. But I want to get Marth, but Marth is pretty much sold out, and I want to play as Samus because there is a Samus. I will definitely play as Samus and, and test it out. But like, you don't want to buy an Amiibo and then have that character be like bottom tier, right? Do you really care? Yes. I don't okay. want to, like, I'm not going to buy an Olimar because I don't know how to play as Olimar. Is Olimar in this game? Yeah. Is he? Yeah, I think so. I hope so. Right. I love that guy. I don't know. Anyway, when I went to order some of the, these Amiibos, I saw on Amazon.com uh, that Smash Brothers Wii U, it says delivered December 31st. Is that, has that been made official? No. Is that the release date or are they just making updates? They just made, they just use that as a placeholder. Yeah, that's dumb because obviously they wouldn't release it a week after Christmas. Yeah, it's going to be released in November sometime. Or do you think it's going to be pushed to next year, March? I suppose it could. I think they're really going to want to try to get it out, though, this year. We'll see. I don't know. Yeah, I guess it would move a lot of consoles. I don't know. Anyway, I'm going to pay 100 bucks for it because I'm going to get the GameCube controller and adapter. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. So there's that. But yeah, Hyrule Warriors comes out. It drops this week. Next week, Smash Brothers 3DS drops, which blows my mind. Time flies. And then a couple weeks after that, Sid Meier's Beyond Earth or whatever is coming out, and that's going to be pretty cool. Bayonetta so. 2 is also out this week. Bayonetta, which I don't care about. Are you going to get that? I am. That one I am going to pick up. So you're going to get Bayonetta. I'll get Hyrule Warriors. Look at us with the podcast and some new games. I know. We're back in season, everybody. Get ready. Well, now is the season. I mean, now games are coming out. It is. Oh, I I loved the first Bayonetta. I loved the first Bayonetta. Good. All right. Cool. So, yeah, listener, you actually have something to look forward to for once in your life regarding this podcast. And that's that's very exciting. Or or ever. Which is sad. Which is very sad, listener. Uh, That would be, yeah, that would be very sad, actually. Um, you don't want to count uh, on know, us. We should just you know say that I, here. You don't want to count on us. No, probably not. I, there is one other story that I have that is video game related that we can use to close out this podcast. And I did play a video game this week that I forgot that I played. Okay. I played a little bit of Super Mario World. 
because mm. there is now a bar in Des Moines, a beercade, if you will, or a mm-hmm. barcade called Up Down, like Up Dash Down, and Up Down is in a basement somewhere. It doesn't matter. Uh, so my favorite bar in Chicago is Headquarters Arcade Bar. Yeah, in Lakeview. It's all free to play, which is awesome. Really? Got a t- ton of pinball machines. Yeah, ton of pinball machines. Ton of like, I mean, they've got the good ones. They got X Men. They've got The Simpsons. They've got, uh, they've got, you know, Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, NFL Blitz. Like, they've got the good ones, right? No Dungeons mm-hmm. and Dragons, but they've got good ones. Um, it's a legit place. It's all free to play games. Yes, the drinks are maybe a little pricey, but you're in Chicago anyway, so you're paying more for drinks anyway. And on the TVs, they show old school pro wrestling, like they'll show DVDs of Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior, mm-hmm. and they show American Gladiators, and that's what they do. And occasionally they'll throw on like an '80s movie. But it's funny because I walk into Up Down and I get downstairs, um, and they were showing American Gladiators on the TV screen. So that was really random. I'm like, is this a thing now? And on another movie, they were showing some movie like Gremlins or something, but different. Right. But Up Down is coin up. They didn't have – it's not nearly as big as headquarters. It's like a third the size. It's Des Moines. It's a different town. Uh, But they they had some good games there. But they also had – they had a rear – like a projection, a projector uh, screen hooked up to an N64 with four controllers and Mario Kart. That's random. Yeah, and that was free to play. So you could play Mario Kart on N64 on this projector. And they, they had a couple, like, kind of carnival-y games, like a couple skee-ball machines, too. And then you go, and there's a bunch of other arcade games. And then uh, and then in the back, they had a little couch, and you could sit down, and they had a Super Nintendo, and two dudes were playing Mario World. So I ended up playing some Mario World. But th- that was cool because... Uh, that that was just cool because that is one thing headquarters doesn't have. That was cool any... because it was Mario World. Well, it was cool because they had console games at a bar. And, you know, they have console game. They have an NES at Wormhole Coffee in Chicago, so you can go and drink coffee and play. But right. having that in a bar is like less expected, I guess. More of a liability, perhaps even because drunk people. Um, anyway, the funny story part is, I was staying with my friend, uh, my friends Alina and Mark in Des Moines, and Alina goes to the bar with me. She had to be up early the next morning. So at like 10, 30, 11, she's like, I got to go. I got to go sleep. And my friend Bobka's there. Have you ever met Bobka? No. He's a character. I'm going to send him a link to this. I love that I mentioned him. So Bobka's there. Bobka was my pledge brother in Find Me Office and Phonia. He's one of my two pledge brothers. So we go, we go back. You know, he, He's a musician, a trombone player. Bobka's a funny dude. But he's like, Cody G, because that was my nickname in college. He's like, Cody G, don't worry about this. I got you, man. I got you. We're going to give you a ride home later. Alina's going to go home. We'll get you a ride. I'm like, okay, okay, cool. All right, Alina, go home. I'll get a ride with you later. Cool. So I go over and play Mario World, right? And uh, Mario and Luigi are both playing. One of them was at uh, Ludwig von Koopa's castle, or, or just a couple levels before it. And the other was at the one inside the big cave. It's the, it's the third Koopa kid. I don't remember which one. I want to say Lemmy or Larry, but I'm not sure. It doesn't mess. So I'm like, well, it has now fallen to me, because this was late. It was like 1230 or 1. And a bunch of my friends were there, and I had been talking to them and stuff. But I wandered over this couch, found it, and I'm like, this now falls on to me to destroy two Koopa kids. In a bar in Des Moines, because that's what that's how I do, right? So I sit there, and I, I beat them. I, I felled the two Koopa kids, if we're allowed to still call them that, now that Nintendo's rewritten the canon or whatever. And then you dumped I, them into the lava. I dumped... Uh, no, uh, well, I fought Ludwig, and you have to hop on Ludwig. 
And uh, I don't remember what happened with the other one. I think I want to say Roy now all of a sudden. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But I beat them both. And that was a blast. And then I get up and I look around and the, the lights come on. So it was closing time for the bar. So like 1.30 or so. And I look around and I was like, hey, that's funny. I can't find my friends. And then I walk around the bar and I was like, hey, that's funny. I still can't find my friends. And then I leave the bar, and I was like, oh, that's funny. I don't have my friends here at all. And I had told them all by this point, prior to the whole ride situation, my phone is literally dead. It just died, so I'm not going to have a phone, but I'll, like, knock when I come into your place, Alina. So here I am in downtown Des Moines at an arcade bar at 2 in the morning with no – communication systems because i couldn't order an uber i guess they have uh, uber in des moines now which is great uber is a ride sharing kind of like taxi cab kind of app if, if you're not familiar with it google it it's awesome i use it constantly in chicago so i don't have uber capabilities like you can't just call it or whatever uh i'm stranded i don't know what's going on so i walk across the street and find the first like dude smoking a cigarette that i can there's like 10 people outside the bar outside the street get to talking to him his name was uh x it was x it wasn't x that would be amazing <laughs> no it, oh my god it was mike or something or adam i don't remember but it's him and this and i started talking to him because i want to go up to a guy because any you can't approach a girl at 2 a.m on the streets or they'll felt it's just bad news right so i wanted to like approach a guy in a friendly way we get to talk a little bit and I'm like, where can you get a cab around here? He's like, oh, like two miles down the road. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm like, I'm just having a good time. I, I'm like, whatever, I'll walk. I'm in Chicago. It'll take me like 20 minutes or whatever. It wasn't that many miles, but it was like, it would have been like a 15, 20 minute walk. So I start, so I was going to start walking. His friend comes up and he finds out I'm from Chicago and he starts telling me these stories. He's like, oh man, yeah, last time I was in Chicago, like we were drinking on the South Side, man. And we were hanging out and we were like, where the Latin Kings are, you know, man? It was like Latin Kings territory. And he keeps name dropping the Latin Kings for like 20 minutes, which I don't know much about Chicago gangs or whatever. I know that they're a thing and they've been around or whatever, but I like that's not in my world, okay? So I'm like, whatever. I'm smiling and nodding. He's like, dude, last time I was there, we did the great hash brown heist. We were at this bar at like five in the morning because, you know, the bars are open super late there. And my family, I walk in McDonald's, and my family was just like, dude, I want some hash browns. He just looks at the cashier dead in the eye. And the cashier is like, okay. And he goes, no, I want all the hash browns. And he jumps over the counter and he just grabbed a bunch of hash browns. And then he jumped over and then ran out of McDonald's. And his like hands were all burned because they were really hot. They were like fresh off the thing. But like that was the hash brown heist. Like right around the Latin Kings area. So, at this point, I should have dissociated myself from both of them. But at this point, Axe, or whatever his name was. It like, was probably like, Axe. Yeah, probably. He's like, do you just, like, want to ride, man? I mean, mm, and I'm No, like, this was a good situation for you. I'm like, I'm going east. They're like, oh, we're going west. We're going literally the exact opposite direction. But we'll give you a ride to your place if you need to. So... Jump in the Alina, back of my white van without any windows. Alina had brilliantly written her address and her and her husband's phone numbers on a receipt with a pink highlighter. I don't know why that was handy. And given it to me. And I, I had the wherewithal to keep it on me. So I got in their car and they gave me a ride to the place and dropped me off and sped off. And it was weird and not safe or advisable. But that's what happens when you are stranded in Des Moines at 2 in the morning. Good for you. 
Sounds like a great so time. So Mario World, Mario World introduced me to a couple new friends and got X, me a ride X, home. X sounds like a great guy. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that happened. There is my video game story for the weekend. Doo-doo, Latin doo-doo, Kings. Doo-doo, doo-doo. Never underestimate the power of Mario World or Des Moines, Iowa, or the Latin Kings. It's a good life lesson for not just this podcast. 